0: People the world. It's time to quarantine. Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah. Hello. <laughs> there it is. Welcome.
1: What? I'm just. Kidding, but we, I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold these welcomes for one second and just admit to something right now. Right as the music came on, I got a text message, and rather than ignore it and just look at, um, like, the screen because it's the professional thing to do, I picked up my phone and just started staring at it. I forgot we were starting the, the show. Well,
0: really. You in 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 a, a split second. You forgot. The, just for that second. I was
1: looking at it, and I was like, I was so consumed by the, the content of the text, which also is not important. Really? I forgot it's not at all talking. important? It's not a big deal? Uh, not in any real sort of way. Not in any real <laughs> sort of way. <laughs> so um, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it. But, um, basically, there's a new video game out, uh, uh, a samurai video game. The um, Japanese
0: one on PS4, you were telling
1: me about The, the samurai one on, on PS4 uh, mm-hmm. called, like, uh, let me see what it's called, um... Uh, See that's what I was looking up and I forgot again. Uh, see, that's why it's
0: Shima, all... And uh and Wait, uh, say it I, again. I, I talked over you Nancy
1: have <laughs> a drink. Shima, and uh I uh started looking at the text because I wanted to see what my friend thought of it. That for some reason became the most important thing right now which is not true. This
0: right here <laughs> is the most important. Thing. Apparently not. Apparently <laughs> it's the second most important thing game is pretty next bomb. to Ghost of Hiroshima. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, this guy. Yeah, this guy.
1: Well, I don't even know what, what is my name right now. Forgetful Joe. Jason. Jesus. Jesus. Yes. <sighs> so I'm here now. I'm here and I'm focused and I'm ready to go. Jolly um,
0: Jason. Oh. Hi, Jolly Jason. I I there's a um I don't know why, because I like you so much. I have such love for you. And I I, I I really am not a Will Sasso fan. And yet uh-huh. the two of you <laughs> remind me of each other. And I, <laughs> I kept thinking on this sitcom that he has, this new sitcom, mm. which the only thing that's great is Jane Curtin because she's just on something, right. you know, like just right. so I could see her on something. Right. But I kept thinking how much. I mean, this is a, this is not funny. This show.
1: No, the, 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 the Will Sasso show.
0: Hmm. Yeah. But I kept thinking that even with this material, you would be better.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. I uh, yes. I always I always think of myself as a, a slightly younger Will Sasso by three years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: and I feel like, and by the way, the uh, the the woman who is his wife uh, is way above his pay grade. In oh, uh, tw- is, even one even he is an engineer. Yeah, I she's thought- Latin and gorgeous.
1: I thought they stopped making those. I thought they got. I thought that they were going to kill those off with uh, Kevin Can Wait, and there weren't going to be any more of those.
0: They didn't do that. Um, And on top of it, uh, (laughs) you know, I'd like to know why. Like when Melissa McCarthy does a show, it has to be like a fat dude who's opposite her, and it's not like uh, you know uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Like why? 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 I want to see that Melissa McCarthy and who's the hottest guy right now? Let's get that guy Patrick uh, uh, (laughs) Huesinger. Oh the, yeah, the opposite. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is a lot yeah, absolutely, interest. absolutely. That's yeah. how. That's it's the perfect. equivalent of yeah, what is good. going on on the flip side. Yeah, no, I, 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 I was, I was hoping that trope
1: was ending. You know, kind of with the between that's that, that and like Big Bang going away. But no, I guess that's just the trend. The nerdy guy I got.
0: Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. The nerdy guy getting it right. Like, exactly. But Maya Bialik doesn't, you know, she gets the nerd. She right. doesn't get the, who doesn't want to have sex? She doesn't yeah. get the, you know, the Pepsi commercial dude with the washboard abs and uh, the guest star on uh, Desperate Housewives in, in 2008.
1: <laughs> I think Nancy, um, Nancy was just saying um, Jason Moma, but I called it uh, Jason, my mama, which I think is a very <laughs> cute way of saying Nancy's drunk. Um, which is-
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd love to make fun of Jason Momo, but I'm afraid I'll run into him and oh, I'll just no. fucking like little man and just think uh, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm like, well,
1: yeah, he seems too bro. Like, I would want to hang out with him, but right now I feel like he'd hug a lot and like I just don't know where he's been. <laughs> but the worst part is, I,
0: yeah. I got to tell you, I've heard from countless, like, very credible sources who do not know each other that oh. this guy is the nicest guy.
1: I believe it. I bet he can't be nicer. I just bet he's all handshakes and hugs, though, and we got to stay socially distanced. And I'd want to hug back, and that's why we can't hang out right now because I just I, I wouldn't know what to do. All right, we should probably get to our guests. I want to I want to get into this.
0: Yes, that's right. We're doing that. We have guests on this show. Yes, we do. It's Friday, right? It's Friday, July. July. Um, have seven, you checked seven, out this seven app? one seven two? Six, oh, yeah, this is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. This letterbox. So I was recently turned on to it, and. Now we got people from it. Well, we got someone from it on the show, and then we have a film critic. Well, a film writer who turned. I love how this app symbolizes all the synergy we've been talking about in our business and everything melding.
1: Mm-hmm. It also makes me feel like I have to be really accurate with my movie rankings and going like, does the Truman still get four stars, or did I, you know, did I really think like the
0: Truman shows? Show? I, I agonized over that rating.
1: <laughs> I gave it four.
0: I, I gave it like four and five. a half.
1: Yeah. I think that's what I, I did to do, four and a half.
0: It was a uh, hard four and a half. I sat there for I'm talking 30, yeah. 40 seconds. Yeah. Oh no, I did I
1: had the same thing when and then you're like, I'm looking at some of these things like I like this movie, but would I give it four stars or five? Or was it three and a half? Like I agonized over um right. just over Palm Springs, even though it just saw I really enjoyed it. But is it is it four on half our, yeah with I our, don't know.
0: Our, sorry, sorry, go.
1: Yeah, I just don't know. Like, but but then you got like uh, you know, Pulp fiction, I give a five, two. Um Easy, but I'm like, okay, but that's, that's a, my five. So it's a four and a half. Is Palm Springs really just half a star less good? And it's freaking me out. Like, all I'm doing is like, how many stars? I don't know. if I, What if I started two was good? I don't know. I'm freaking out. I'm going to help you. Okay. All right. Well,
0: let's okay. do it. Let's bring these guys in and then well, help. Wait a minute. Me. Okay. Okay. That's how I'll help you when they're on. Why don't you do the introduction today? You're on a roll. <laughs> well, do like, oh, because uh, we have yeah. David Ehrlich and Gemma
1: Gracewood here from um from both from letterboxd and also as a as from IndieWire, respectively
0: yes. all right is that respect did you use respectively correct hey Gemma. hey david, <laughs> Gemma.
2: Uh, david how's your
0: baby <laughs> uh he's quiet for now oh good but he really how old uh, eight months old next week <laughs> okay so they're sitting up they i just used the pronoun they're sitting up and that's it that's about it he's sitting he up a lot premise. of noise.
3: Sitting up and screaming is two favorite hobbies, <laughs> and only hobbies, really. Yeah. Uh, but just to come in hot, I, I want to uh, clarify that four and a half stars is the correct rating for The Truman Show. And the, really, the the conversation, really, the conflict there is whether or not it's five, not four. But uh, you guys in the right direction.
2: Yeah, I also need to come in hot and remind you of um, the great film Spy, starring Melissa McCarthy. I think there was some action with Jason Statham. That
0: was the best. Uh, and that's what I loved yeah. about it so much. And what a great, right. great call, Gemma.
2: I love that yeah. you just brought that Let's up. But that should be never every forget. Movie. <laughs> yeah. That should be every movie, right? right. And every by the movie. way, it's funnier.
0: Yeah. I I, I, yeah. I like that movie more because it made me think like, oh, okay, everybody's got there's a cover for uh, every pot. Yeah.
2: Okay. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me say one thing. What I was going to say to Jason, I agree with you, since you're both the experts. But why I go four and a half stars on that is because it doesn't have the test of time to me yet.
2: The Truman Show doesn't have the test of time. Not yet.
0: Truman Show, Palm Springs.
2: Uh, oh, Palm Springs. Oh, right. yeah, All right. right. Palm Springs. Right, right. Yep. Truman Show
0: does, and no. it only gets four and a half. Right. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's first of all, Jimmy, let me let me start with with asking you, uh, how did this happen? How did how did Letterbox start getting rolled out? And and I'm I'm very glad that it did. But please yeah. just tell me a little background.
2: Well, uh, you know, I wasn't I, I wasn't there at the beginning. I was there at the beginning. I was one of the first beta <laughs> members. Uh-huh. I'm trying to work out if we've got a delay going on because I'm all the way we down do. in New Zealand.
0: You okay. It was a little okay. delay.
2: All right. So, should I just, um, for the purposes all, all of editing, is a like,
1: visual delay, but the audio is, is full speed. So, as long as you don't look at each other's mouths, it'll be okay. Great.
2: Perfect. Thank you. All right. Uh, yeah. So, um, well, you know what? The founders, Matthew Buchanan and Carl Van Roundup. Oh, my God. I'm going to start that again. Okay. I can't word since the pandemic. Can anybody else? I don't understand how no. you people string sentences together. <laughs> I really can't, but yeah, much brain, very gone. Uh, So Carl Van Randau and Matthew Buchanan, uh, longtime friends, started a a web studio for making websites and apps and that kind of thing. Meanwhile, Matthew, uh, both of them, longtime longtime film nerds, but Matthew more than any other individual I know really uh, had been keeping in track since sort of about 1991 of all of the films he'd ever watched. And uh, he was using um, the database from Usenet, if that is familiar to anybody. It's familiar uh, to me. Do you
0: remember the movie yeah. review query engine, MRQE? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, well, see,
2: I, sure. I didn't. I never used any of these at the time. I just, I, I don't know, I was in my 20s. I remembered everything back then. Um, <laughs> But um, obviously, it went on to become the Internet Movie Database, and um, and then uh, and then Delicious Library popped up. So that was, you know, that Mm. enabled Matt to keep track of everything he was watching. And but he's a design, you know, he's a design freak, and nothing looked good enough. And so Mm. he thought, what would be great would be a beautiful looking film journal where I can just keep track of what I'm watching, and other people can see that too, and maybe other people can keep track of what they're watching so at a very basic level it's simply about what was my year in film oh look there it is Right there on the internet. So, um, as a as a pair owning this design studio, they just agreed to self fund it and give it a go, set it up. 2011, they made their way to Brooklyn Beta and presented it and handed out some promo codes and uh, got wild feedback from everyone, every other film lover who'd been looking for exactly this. And here we are now with. Two and a half million members, and like uh, something like n- a million members active in the past ninety days, which um, which says wow. as much about the success of Letterboxd, but also as much about you know the fact that we've all been home watching movies. Yeah, it's <laughs> so the basic backstory.
0: <laughs> well, no, it's a yeah. it's a great backstory. So, so let me ask you. So, with Letterboxd, right? Because I'm I'm a fan now. I'm I'm just I'm in, and uh, it, it's. Awesome. It's very easy, but I notice a difference with IMDb per se, where this is about movies and what you think about movies. This is not about the actors necessarily in the movies, so on and so forth. Is that, am I correct in that?
2: Yeah, uh, we do have members asking frequently if they can search by actor, if they can search by director and arrange things, but, and that those are features that we will get to. Mm. Um, but first and foremost, it is purely a diary, for starters, keeping track of the movies you're watching, keeping track of what you thought about them, whether that's by giving them a star rating or writing a review. And then, uh, you know, arranging movies into lists from a very basic watch list of of anything that someone's told you about, you chuck it on your watch list. And then when you don't know what you're going to look at tonight, you go on your watch list and compare it with Just Watch and see what's available for you to watch right now, um, to, uh, to organising into... You know, wild lists from ranking all the Marvel movies to I don't know what's the what's the latest great list that Dave Chen's well, making. Uh, movies on here now, yeah, movies. So Dave Dave Chen is a great list maker. Movies with titles that have become things that we say in everyday life to refer to stuff that's right. going on. I so. um, that's great. Yeah. Well, now I want to know that whole list. Yeah. But the main thing is, you know, the letterbox really starts working when you find other writers you like, whether you like, whether you agree with their opinions or not, uh, but when you find other writers you like. Um, and it really, like, one of the ways I use it personally is, historically one of the issues with other film aggregation and review sites has been the uh, historic systemic issues with the industry itself which is you know a lot of male voices uh, having opinions about all the movies all the movies including the movies starring you know non-male people and uh, so I tend to follow a lot of female members on Letterboxd and so when a you know, in the first week of a film coming out maybe by a female director or with, you know, female subject matter, you notice that uh, a lot of the Blokes get it. Oh, I'm really diving into the controversy straight away, aren't I? No, well, just, oh, so, I, like I have that. to
0: interrupt for a second because it's so yeah. fascinating. It's like yeah. you're right on. This is this is in the zeitgeist. Did you read this yeah. article, guys? Uh, I think it was today or recently about the uh, the director, the woman who directed Across the Universe and why mm. that was panned and why it was looked at from a male perspective and not from a female perspective and, you know, the difference between, let's say, Mike Nichols. It's exactly what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, I haven't read that one, but one you know my all-time favorite uh, example to use, partly from patriotism and and partly just because it got a F score, you know, a famous Metacritic F score, is Jane Campion's *In the Cut*, which mm. famously was panned and famously was mostly reviewed by male film reviewers because they had all the platforms and almost all the platforms in in the nineties, uh, but watching on Letterboxd since since we've existed and yeah. more and more members coming on and more diverse members coming on watching the score change. If you look at the score itself now on Letterboxd, it's still below a three, but the actual score by the end of the year, it will crack a 3.1 for the, like for the first time ever. And this is over 10 years of correcting you this know, is because of and this is because of Letterboxd. So this is, we will have the highest rating for Jane Campion's fantastic 90s erotic thriller. Of, yeah, know yeah, that transform. movie And it's because there are more voices getting on there and, you know, saying what they what they really love about it, which is... I'm, cur-
3: I'm yeah. currently looking to see if I am the only person on Letterboxd to have given five stars to Jane Campion's Top of the Lake China Girl.
0: I Ooh, <laughs> did not see Yeah, I doubt, I I doubt you now.
2: are.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I prefer so, the first series.
2: I'm I not, I found someone else. Series.
3: Melissa Tammings, shout out. I don't know who you are, but... You and we're on the same wavelength.
2: Melissa Tamenga, <laughs> one of my favourite writers on Letterbox. Again, you know, one of the ones I follow. So, and you can so follow by what, writer, is what you're saying, which is yeah. Great. You can follow by writer. So, what I'll do is, I've, if you know, I'll see a film that's maybe by a female director coming out, and it's sort of getting panned in the first page of reviews. Then I will go and see which of the women I follow have seen it and what they're saying about it, and inevitably that will give me the lead on on what. I would really think about it. Yeah, I just—I just want to say I generally sit in a three point five world of movies because because I tend to look for films that sort of delight and bring joy, and so I'm very comfortable. I'm very comfortable in the three point five out of five. As no problem. Three point five. I haven't even looked at my movie on here. I don't want to know.
0: But what I what I love also, and let me ask you this question. Okay, so there are different levels, right? There's pro
2: and there's patron. Yep. Can you explain this to me? Just, yeah. So uh okay. I mean we we <laughs> what have we got? Oh, we did okay,
0: I think, right? Oh, yeah. Did we do all right? Warrior? Sorry, this is just gratuitous self-promotion right now. So yeah. <laughs> a Warrior, we should watch Warrior. There's five stars. Okay, please continue. I'm sorry, jim
2: No, it's fine. I mean, you know, we have to we we need to uh I was gonna say make money. We don't make money. We yeah. need to pay for the platform and its improvements somehow. And um, and the first obvious way is to take is is to ask all of those members who are enjoying Letterboxed and find it useful day to day to invest in us by Becoming a pro or a patron member at at what I think are relatively reasonable annual rates of Apple nineteen dollars and forty nine dollars. Yeah, yeah. the price of IMDb Pro. I'll tell yeah. you that. Right, and we have sales. Uh, uh, Black Friday is a very good time of year to be Did to be <laughs> leveling up on Letterboxd, and occasionally pop up sales at other times. Um, and essentially what that gives you apart from a really sweet backdrop on your homepage mm-hmm. of your favorite film so that you, your homepage always looks nice to you when you visit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes away the ads. So you don't have any ad experience across the site other than our internal ads. When right. we're telling you that we've got a new podcast episode up or, or a, or a sale on uh, and button. The, the thing is the stats is the sweet, sweet stats. So, <laughs> so pro and, and patron level even more. Also gives you the ability to look at you know who your most watched actor is, who your most watched director is, um, you know what your sort of average rating over the year has been. Uh, there are a number of lists that that. That we put on that page, like the thousand and one movies See Before You Die, Edgar Wright's, you know, thousand favorite movies, uh, the Letterboxd top two fifty narrative films of all time, and you can complete those circles. So there's a lot of, you know, extra, extra uh, filmophiles with a lot of time. Um, who yeah, who set challenges to complete those circles, which is good, it's yeah. So it's really for the um the tasty film nerd within. Yeah, yeah but and it's still very just, reasonable. Yeah, and the pleasure of of supporting a platform that's made by a I have to say very small team at the bottom of the world.
0: <laughs> so yeah. this is now the next thing I want to get into. So David is a you know very well known writer, IndieWire, etc. And he's writing. He starts writing what for fun, David, on Letterbox. Is this and you have an immense amount of followers that you've garnered.
3: Oh no! I was uh, I was already working somewhere. I, probably not a IndieWire, wire. It was a long time ago when I was drunk in my brother's flat in London and decided that was the right time to sign up for Letterbox. I think this was really at the the infancy of uh, the service. But uh, you know, I I. And probably not the best representation of the Letterboxd community. I'm mostly here because I really like Gemma and wanted to say hi. But uh, I, <laughs> uh, I I sort of sometimes think of myself as the MySpace Tom of Letterboxd. And <laughs> <in> that <laughs> my you know, my my reviews seem to sort of populate on people's homepages. And I'm kind of ubiquitous for better or worse, often for worse, around the, the platform. And people know who I am. But I kind of am at a remove from it because... Really, the vast majority of the content I'm posting on Letterboxd are just um, the, the leads of the reviews that I write at my day job, um, and then I just link over. It's, it's a way of um, keeping uh, a personal journal for me. I have a lot of private lists that I keep, um, and I interact with some friends on there, but I don't use it as... The, I would if I didn't have to live in the world of movies day in and day out in the same, you know, it's very much that syndrome of like working at an ice cream store and uh, yeah. not, which is not to say I don't watch movies compulsively all the time, even when I'm not on the clock, but I have uh, a lot, uh, I don't always have the enthusiasm to write about them, especially now that I have a kid and we are all locked inside because the world is on fire. But uh, I, I uh, yes. still, even that being said, So greatly appreciate the community that is on Letterbox. I love um, how many people it's brought to film criticism, in addition to just each other, and use film criticism as a bridge between them and love for movies. Um, Oh, there's my I can see on your shared screen there. there. There, Obviously, the greatest film ever made.
2: Profile image you get when you're a pro or a patron. (laughs) (laughs) The
3: greatest film ever made is uh, you know Jason Segel's "Forgetting Sarah Marshall." Yes, Uh, he being the author of that movie.
2: That's what Letterboxd's
3: all about. <laughs> um, uh, and, hey, where are you uh, go with that, Jits. Four and a half? that's a that's a five star. And, <laughs> it really uh, is.
0: By the way, I agree with you. That's that movie is funny every time you watch it.
3: But uh, I think if it weren't for the fact that I do this for a living, I would probably live exclusively on Letterboxd. So, and it's you know introduced me to people like Gemma. So, I'm a fan.
0: Well, no, it's interesting because you're not writing, let's say, like you're writing reviews for your work. You're not going on Letterbox and writing other reviews of movies, right?
3: But- I do it from time to time when the mood strikes, ah. when I feel like I have uh, something, usually one or two very stupid sentences that I really need to get off my chest and share with the world. Um, but I most of the Letterboxing I do is looking at what other people to say about things lurking around and really just keeping <laughs> reams of private lists that I consult for future we reference. We can't because, see your list. Right. I mean, for good reason. I'll, I open them up from time to time, but at <laughs> oh, the end okay. of a given year, I'll, I'll rank my favorite movies of the year. But uh, it is exactly what Gemma was talking about, that sort of fetishistic design component of it. I mean, it's the, you know, Francois Truffaut quote about film lovers being sick people, but even more accurate might be that we are compulsive people. There is such a Uh, you know, the listomania sort of element of it is so interlinked with film love. And I think it has something to do with movies being such a young medium. There's still this sort of delusion that you can and maybe should uh, master it all and see, you know, every, uh, at least something representative of every kind of film ever made, which I think is kind of a fool's errand, but it does feed into that that manic compulsive behavior, which uh, I definitely partake in.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure... uh I'm pretty sure it was Truffaut that said, was Truffaut a film critic before he was a director? Yeah, Yeah, I think he said being a film critic was what made him a better director. Sure. No, he did. You can look this quote up. (laughs) Yeah, I I believe you. And I'm pretty sure Peter Bogdanovich was the same way. He was a film historian and critic. Mm -hmm. And and these become some of the better directors. It feels to me that Letterboxd, correct me if I'm wrong, is a place where the critics and writers can go to play also. You know, where... Yeah,
2: there's definitely no, a lot I'm, of that. I mean, D- David, um, you, yeah, you do use it a lot more for work, And I think you're already smart in the way you've used it as well, David. You've built up a, an incredible following, which I, has added to your, I don't want to use the word brand, you know, because it's not. You can use the word right brand. It's, it's fine. It's, it's, this
3: oh, is a no, dirty business.
0: We're David all by, like, a brand. You, it's
3: so nice to hear you say that because I always feel so dirty about how I use Letterbox. Like I'm betraying you and this great service in some way because I – yeah, I mean on. it's it's so no, such a focus just, around my work and people are always saying, "Oh, you're you're a critic on Letterboxd and they yeah, don't think no. that block that I work elsewhere, but that's fine."
2: <laughs> I think I I just I think it's genius because there is a there is a world of people inside Letterbox who use no other social media platform as well. This is the other really? thing that we need to know. There are a lot of people who also have Twitter also have Facebook also have TikTok also have Instagram, but there are also a lot of members for whom their only social network is letterboxed because of all the reasons why people wouldn't want to use other social networks, and so you know that's someone like David is a is a superstar to these members, and and I th- I do think I think you're really smart in the way you use it because you are uh, building a following and reminding people that IndieWire exists every single day, which is important. Um, but you know, in terms of in terms of the playful nature of critics and writers yeah I see a lot of other professional critics who do use it more informally than you David so they might be at a uh, film festival where it's just like it's the slog through eight films a day and you need to quickly open the app as soon as those credits are rolling log that you've seen it and log just two sentences not even a rating yet but two sentences of your initial.
3: You, right. You know, the, but if the internet is written in ink, Letterbox is like tattoos on your skin. I find. Right. I mean, I I use Twitter for such uh, like a lot of the really the garbage that that flows through my mind constantly, especially at <laughs> film festivals. But anything I put on Letterbox, if I don't you know uncheck the receive notifications about it, I will get emails for years about movies that I've forgotten seeing, let alone writing anything about. And most of the time, it's someone appropriately calling me out about some dumb fart of a thought I decided to put on the internet eight years ago. And I'm usually so just it, so mortified that I'm just like, you'll remove the review or whatever, you know, or just like...
0: So you're saying that, that
2: letterboxed is the memento of social media platforms. Yes,
3: yes, the exactly. Memento.
0: Oh, you use the mercy you yeah? see And that was yeah. very nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. I had a, I had a really good question like loaded up in the in the chamber and then you had that line. So, so oh, here's yeah. what I wanted to do. No, 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 it's okay, I got it back. So so I know David, you have uh do you guys do the uh, the checks, like the verified checks, so that people know who's, you know, uh, online, like if there's an actual writer or David per se that these are On the letter? actual
2: people? Yes. You know, we've uh, we've talked about that. We've only had a very few kind of verified check level people ever ask we have had a lot of people ask slash insist that that they be able to remain anonymous Mm. and so the great game the great game is you know insert celebrity's name here get a letterboxed, and uh half the time they probably do already have one and they're using a pseudonym for a reason and i you know i think that's yeah yeah so so we do sort of go back and forth a lot about it we would uh, there are people who use celebrities' names for their profiles and we will often go to them and say, hey, can you just change one of the letters in that in that username? Because it's just in case they want to use it. But also it's, <laughs> it's not cool. It's not. Yeah, we, don't yeah. want, we don't want people to do yeah. Because yeah, it is a very but, professional site. We'll, we'll yeah, listen. but I'm interested to know what, you, but what yeah. you two would think about that because, sure, we've oh, got – you want to check? Yeah, yeah I want to check, I mean, of course. <laughs> Interesting, but what, yeah. what difference would it make? Well, because you know, then my ego feels good.
0: <laughs> right, that's the only difference it makes. It makes no yeah, other but... difference really whatsoever. I, I don't. I don't think unless someone can argue a good difference. I have checks on all my social media. Why? Yeah, you know, yeah. to 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 what meet pretty people, and uh,
2: <laughs> this way they know it's me. I'm cool. Right, and I, I to impress my teenage son. Yeah. Right. No, I'm In terms right. of it, so I think I mean I think if it's to verify that the person writing is indeed the director of Searching, Anish Chaganti, who is on Letterboxd and uses it every single day really with his brother cool. and his best friend to decide what film they're going to watch every night, which is so great. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if you want to know if it's really him, I don't know. If you want to know if it's really Sean Baker, I mean, it really is. You can tell it, it really is. It is definitely Sean Baker. Sean Baker. <laughs> <of his> reviews. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things about Letterboxd, whenever we, this question comes up, and we're not opposed to it, but I will... Mm-hmm give you a, um, a bit of a, a news exclusive about something we do have coming up. We're not opposed to the idea of verified checks, but one of the things that is so beautiful about Letterboxd is how democratic it is. You know, it is about grassroots film lovers all mucking in together on their thoughts. And if some of those grassroots film lovers happen to be David Ehrlich or Sean Baker, then all the better, you know. And I think that's one of the things that, David maybe you do like about it is that it is it is sort of on that level but having said that we do recognize that there are um organizations film societies film festivals studios who do have letterboxed accounts and that and the and the sort of homepage for each profile doesn't really work for an individual very well yeah. um I mean it works for individuals well but it doesn't work for an organization very well so we are developing and this yeah. came out of a conversation I had and uh at South by Southwest with the Austin Film Society folks with with Lars and Co. about five years ago. They were like, it's like it's great if you're a single person like, you know, any of us, but if you're the Austin Film Society and you want to gather conversation around a single film screening with all of the members who are all on Letterboxd, it's a bit harder to do. The only way to sort of gather around a conversation, because we don't have forums, is to for one person to write a review and everybody else to drop Comments on that review. So we've long thought about that and thought about how we can get, you know, the neons of the world and the A24s of the world a different way to be on Letterboxd that doesn't feel brandy uh, but is different from an individual's profile page. So we are developing essentially an HQ type page, and we'll be launching that pretty soon. So basically just a way for members to engage more directly with their favorite studios, favorite film societies, favorite film festivals. Yeah. I and think that is happening. A
0: top tier. It's like at the Met, right? If you want to go to yeah. the Met Ball, it just, you got to pay more money, right? To be a sponsor at the Met. I think you got a top tier for the A24s and the Cross Creeks, and they can all promote their movies and give your listeners special things, sneak peeks, different stuff that they can see. That's all I'm saying. I don't think
3: there's team, any right? amount of money in the world that would get the Met Ball to invite me. <laughs> Not that I Oh I think there anyway, is. I think there right? is,
0: David. <laughs> <laughs> I most definitely yeah, hashtag David to the Mip <laughs> yeah. Let's make that hashtag work. Let's make it trending. Jason, are we are we uh, doing a visual stuck thing or are we? Oh, what, yeah. what are
1: you, you, uh, you I think that uh, you know how this goes when we have four people up here <laughs> yes. in the summertime with Your all the
0: figuring it out.
1: Yeah, they're figuring it out. But that said, you'll catch up because, look, you're talking now and we can't hear you. So it, it's good. It'll be fun. Um, we'll just talk back. Um, I just I, I, I want to let you guys go because um, it's getting close to time. But I just had a question because I am not a uh, a reviewer. And I, I just want to see where you guys stand with how do you, you know, at what level, you know, as you rank these things, is a, is a movie good? Like, I think that there's lots of I love bad movies and like I can enjoy a lot of stuff that I would consider probably in that two or three star range. But when you guys are actually ranking it, like, what's is a one star an F? Is a two star an F? Like, at what point is it like a passable it's, movie? It's
3: funny you ask because the most common letterbox comment I get, I would say. Is about a, a perceived mismatch between the stars that I give it on Letterbox and whatever letter grade I assign to a review uh, on IndieWire, and it's it'll link from the Letterbox review to IndieWire, and they'll be like, "Well, two and a half stars, but you gave it a B minus, then you gave this one movie two and a half stars, but gave it a C plus." Uh, and to your question, I would really only say that it's an art and not a science, and a very careless art at that. I yeah. think that, like, I a part of my brain really loves giving things ratings and a part of my brain hates it with every five, I would say my, of my being, but of my brain anyway, but the, and those two sides of are sort of at war with one another. And so it's, I, I will obligingly give it a review or a rating rather but as soon as anyone challenges that rating, I just wish that I hadn't applied one at all. Uh, it's like who, who cares? It no, it doesn't it's matter. It's arbitrary. Fun. It's art. It you know, totally you can't quantify it.
1: It's super funny because it's like, well, because there's a part of me that's like, I can only give fives to like, uh, you know, Vertigo and uh, you know. <laughs> these classics and then but at the same time it's like but i love this movie you know and i, I don't want to i want to be unabashedly passionate about it well, and and then I, the-
3: if i if i give five stars to something that is that is saved for special occasions but i'll also say as far as i can tell uh, and Jenna can speak to this i don't think you can give something zero stars on letterboxd and have it register i think a half star mm-hmm. is the lowest you can go which is a really gracious uh, way of, I think, it, it just hinting at the the the, qual- the the effort involved in making anything the, that people can the
1: watch. The movie got made, and I think that's fair. Yeah. When we, I, used to I,
3: I
0: used to,
1: I used to teach adults computer software like Word and and PowerPoint and stuff. And we'd have to get rankings as like how good a teacher were you, and what you find out is everybody either gives it fives or zeros. It's the people that give it in the middle that are the dicks. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I feel like that when I'm rating things. I liked it or I didn't, and if I'm if I'm going like is it two and a half stars or is it three or is it two, then I feel like an asshole sometimes. But it's my
2: favorite part, and I'm not gonna stop. I have I, I have to mention the heart. you know there is the yeah. there is the heart option on Letterboxd. So there are the, the five stars and then there's the heart. And so if you and when we do our year in review, we have uh, amongst all of the different rankings we have, what we have called the film you most loved to hate, which is the film that got the most hearts and the and the lowest number of ratings. Oh, interesting across it was released in that year, but it's not necessarily true that we love to hate it, but I would say that a film like Cats might, for example, <laughs> fit into that category where people have been having so much fun, you know, just in that bonkers world of felines, but, but it's a it's a one-star film amazing. and... Uh, you know, but, but you hit that heart and you hit that one star and you've kind of said you had your piece both ways, which is I had an absolute ball. This was, you know, this blew my mind in ways I can't that's, that's even <laughs> That's
1: Aqu- That's Aquaman for me. I thought that was the worst movie and I had the most fun watching it ever.
2: Um, oh, see, I, I love Aquaman. I it's haven't.
1: I still haven't it's seen has Got uh, an octopus that plays the drums. It
2: doesn't. An octopus that
1: plays I'm the like bongos. I, I,
3: I scheduled. Uh, you know, I planned this all well in advance. Having a child uh, just before Cats came out, so I would uh, not even if I wanted to, wouldn't be able to go and see it. I <laughs> thank my son for that every day.
1: That's
2: funny. I'm the kind of litterbox member who will sit down and diligently write long reviews about Cats, about Eurovision. And then I'll just give Parasite, like, five stars and move on. <laughs> what else is there to say about a film at that level that hasn't already been said by the David Elex oh. of the world, you know, and the Ayana Murrays of the world and the Alec Kemp's of the world? And it's, yeah, I, but I will happily dive in on the, on the schlock and the trash. That's yeah, it's a funny thing. I was looking back through my reviews before this podcast to go, oh, what if they look at my profile? And it like, oh, yeah. i don't know. I, will, I am apologetic <laughs> about having many, many words to write about trashy crap. Awesome. I should
3: look at your profile, but Ayanna Murray and Ella Kemp are uh, excellent people to follow for anyone who's listening to this and looking for places to start on wow. Letterboxd.
1: All right, guys. Well, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you guys got to head out here pretty quick, but um, we have all the
0: children in the houses, this is and great. it's a pandemic. Okay, well, you. I'll see you guys on Letterboxd then for sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Great to see you, Gemma. Thank you guys so much. (laughs) You guys are on the rest of your
1: reviews. Thank you, Emma. Bye bye.
0: That was awesome. I could I could have talked to them the rest of the show. I'm just telling you. Absolutely, that's that's
1: the fun stuff, and it's it's always fun to talk about that stuff. And it's I like what that they were saying. You know, when you're looking at reviews of other people's. And like, you gotta you know, cause I was looking at stuff like, I love forgetting Sarah Marshall. I gave it a 10 right now. I got to change it to like a four because I don't want to offend anybody at that point, but like, it's not a bad movie. I loved it. It was one, it's one of my favorite of those Judd Apatow style kind of comedy. Well, Judd Apatow
0: did
1: that one? Um, I think he was a producer on it, but it was like mm-hmm. written by, you know, but in that world, it was kind of in that Apatow, Apatow universe, Apatow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Apatow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no let's not give him a nickname unless it's like, uh, like Benifer. unless it's a nickname like Benifer, he doesn't get a nickname maybe if
1: you if know. judd apatown robert townsend made something we could call it apatown um. <laughs> wait,
0: wait, wait, wait my son just walked in my room in the middle of my live show he knows i'm live what, what's up dylan you can just speak Then just go get it for what he's getting the credit card to get food <laughs> oh yeah, me food. I'm sorry. At some point, someone asked me if I wanted something. And I said uh, yes, and now that's what's that's what's happening. So welcome into my into my world,
1: Dylan, Bye, Dylan. Dylan knows Dylan knows me well. I love bad movies. I also love great movies. We used to memorize the the um, you know we used to memorize the dialogues to to, to good movies too. Uh, but I what's do your love, favorite I'm, bad movie. Oh, I don't know. I mean, right I, as I'm thinking right this second, Kickboxer uh John' Clon mm, big good,
0: my um they, i love
1: I love so many we used to watch them nonstop as a kid uh but uh
0: running man command oh,
1: I love running man I love all those old action I like a lot of the bad comedies um awkward, like i love like I said, I unabashedly adore going and seeing um <laughs> uh, uh, uh Fast and furious movies at the theater. they're horrible, but they're awesome,
0: you know those I- are bad, but they're great. But we talked about the game I play yeah, on yeah. air, right? Oh, yeah. On here, yeah, yeah. whatever. Okay, yeah. I love this thing, this letterbox thing. But it's also like you don't know if you want to write a review. I mean, the writer of the movie or the director of the movie might be on letterbox too. So yeah. you know, it's it's everybody kind of in the community. Listen, here's what I am absolutely standing behind: one thousand percent. Let people troll over films instead of current events. Everybody get mad at each other over movies. Let's 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 try that. Just get pissed over films. You think that movie's good? Fuck you. Or that movie's great. Right. I, that movie. I mean, I don't want to get back into it
1: because I know it's a sore subject, but uh what, that's Hamilton? my rating I gave to Hamilton. What'd you I give Hamilton? Two and a half stars. No oh, so you
0: love to hate it?
1: Yeah, I would no heart. Uh and I gave it a two and a half because I figure that's like a it's just okay. It's not great. It's not good. But it did you know, yeah. Okay, so here's, did we put the my. But, um, go ahead. No, but I I think it's so fun. This is exactly, but that's exactly why I wanted to have that conversation. Like, it's fun to argue about movies, it's fun to argue about the films that we, you know, we watch and enjoy. And there there are some that are political, and that's a different conversation, but there are so many that are just taste, you know? And
0: yeah. Uh, Listen, I'm with you across the board. I think everyone should only argue over art. If everybody argued over art, I think we'd be in a great place in the world. That's, you know, for sure. Did we talk about the fact that? Remember, I said I was going to watch Hamilton. Like, I know we spoke about it offline, but did we yeah. talk about it like online? No, but um, no, we didn't. <laughs> you don't want to, do you? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you just don't want to get back into it, huh? Not today. I'm already
1: in trouble for three other things I've done today. So that really, is, yes, really, three oh. other things. You're oh, yeah. in trouble. For. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's no, You have noticed there's no comments coming from the peanut gallery today. Oh,
0: that's right. Stephanie has been very quiet today. Oh boy, Jesus. Not any bad way. What We're not going to big
1: fights or anything. But uh, I've already. what put did my you foot do? on that. Oh,
0: I don't know. I don't know. Oh wait, she says, Jason. Please tell me if you rated Hamilton. You know, eh, shit. Nancy wants to know. Uh, listen, I'm not going to talk about it then. I don't want to get you in trouble. All I will say is that I had to watch it. I had to put it on and and watch it. And and let me say this. I don't. I'm not necessarily a component of of plays being filmed live for an audience to watch them. Because I don't feel in my soul that that is the right way for the energy to be into. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think people have to be in the audience to really enjoy a movie. So to enjoy a play, a musical, especially. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, all I will say is that I went to see uh, The King and I on Broadway with uh, Yul Brenner. And I believe, uh, I, I want to say, uh, Julie Andrews as the wow. princess. And or, you know, the soon-to-be, it's Pygmalion. You know, Pygmalion, uh, you know, right. uh, you know uh, this is no Yul Brenner. <laughs> and that is all I'm going to say. I'm going to move right off it. I, I'm not saying it's bad by any means. I mean, obviously, it's an amazing accomplishment, an amazing feat a filming of Yul Brenner do uh, anything, but <laughs> you know, especially The King and I. Uh, what, that's the kind of Broadway I was I was raised on. I, you know, and Mary Louise Parker doing Proof, and uh, you know, I'd see I right, see South Pacific. So uh, and poor and best. So again, uh, that's all I'm going to say. Am not going to get Jason in any more trouble? Jason, what are you doing over there?
1: I'm just I was just thinking as you were talking about that. Um, Dylan was branching that uh, I used to love watching Sam Raimi's Army of Darkness. That's another great bad movie. Um, that whole series. Um, but I was just thinking how great, you know, we talked about Evil Dead getting remade, but how great would a musical version of the Army of Darkness be? Um, that's, that's, that's theater. I would watch that 10 times, like honestly. Like a musical. As a musical. I don't even know the w- lyrics or what those music, that music is. I'm already giving it, um, if I gave Hamilton two and a half stars, I'm giving that three and a half stars. I One. feel
0: like we take Kevin Williamson yeah. out of hiding <laughs> and we make him write it. <laughs> and the music too. I bet he would write the music too. If I had to guess, reason be would be capable. <laughs> I'll write can have, the music.
1: You got Bruce Campbell just taking tickets outside. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to star. <laughs> he's got the cameo somehow
0: And anything. I, oh, I really. Yeah. I mean, I watched the whole Burn Notice season. Oh yeah, that, that's the only reason I want on that it. Show. Yeah, just yeah, that. Um, that have you woman. ever seen that? Um, the one I, I like, Jeffrey Donovan. I gotta
1: say, Did you see, uh, what was it? I forget what it's called. The one where he's like Elvis. Uh,
0: like. Oh, yes. Yes. uh The Bruce Campbell's Elvis Bubba Hotep. Bubba, Ho- Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. Yep. Yep. Where he's in the uh, old age home. Yeah. Like the guys they, and Sam Elliott's in it.
1: Yep. That's another uh, great bad movie.
0: Bubba Hotep. Wait, wait, wait. Elvis. No, it's not. It's not Sam Elliott. Is it? Let me see. Yeah. Because it's where Elvis is in the nursing home.
1: Yeah. Elvis is in the nursing home. That's Bruce Campbell. Right. right. uh It's uh, a good one. I like that one. Davis, Bob Ivory, Bruce Campbell.
0: Right, that's it. It's it's no one else. Yeah. I was thinking about the the guy who killed Bigfoot and. Oh. Uh, oh you know, yeah, Matt yeah Sam Elliott. That's, that's Sam Elliott. Yeah, which actually was it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. No. It wasn't bad. No, oh, it wasn't bad. I have to say this. I watched last night. I put on an older film, mm-hmm. uh, for your consideration. You know, one of the Christopher guests. Oh yeah 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 that's great you know, one. masterpieces. But mm-hmm. I have to tell you, first of all you know, if you're Schitt's Creek fans like us, the Catherine O'Hara aspect of it is next level what she does. The stuff that they touch upon in that movie is so ahead of its time that this thing plays, like, even with its cheesiness, it plays so perfectly today. I cannot, if you've seen oh, it already, yeah. watch it again. And if you have not seen it, uh, watch for your consideration. Uh, that um, came out like, 2002, maybe? Or is it even is a nine? That- I feel like it was the '90s. Can you look that up? Yeah, let me look. I would love the, to know that because I was wondering that. Uh, I actually uh, that Hulu doesn't do that. Two thousand. Give you dates. Two thousand six. So it's really fourteen years old. Nope. And it plays just as well. I was That's I was me. shocked, and it's actually um, uh, slightly uh, disturbing, especially what uh, Catherine O'Hara's character goes through. I haven't you know,
1: so long, I don't even remember the plot to it anymore.
0: Oh, well, let me just tell you, the plot is about this movie that's getting made at this studio, like Sunrise Studios or mm-hmm. something, and Ricky Gervais is the president of the studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, this movie is a home for Purim, okay. is the movie they're filming. Right. You know, and it's, uh, it's uh, the guy from Spinal Tap and the other guy who played the network executive on Seinfeld are the writers. And then the director is hysterical, I can't remember his name. And they're directing this movie about uh, Jewish people in the south, so they're talking like they're in a Tennessee Williams film, but they're talking in Yiddish about Purim and about Heyman and Esther. And then of course they come in as in an Oscar buzz and isn't the, uh, you know, the internet is not what it is now. So there's a rumor on the internet that one of them is going to get a nomination and that sweeps the entire, you know, energy of the film and all the actors change. And Harry Shira is the lead actor. Mm-hmm. And he, and then of course, you know, in the middle of act two, it's uh, Ricky Gervais coming in and said, we just need to take the Jewishness out of it. <laughs> you know, just, there's a lot of Jewishness and don't you want everyone to see it? They say, yeah, they're not Jews. We can all go see it now.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: so, yeah, so, I mean, it's-, what, it's a, what a cast. I mean, you got Kevin yeah. and Eugene Levy and Parker Posey and Fred Willard, of course, great. Mike McKinnon's in there. Um, Bob Balin is who you're thinking of? Or Bob yes. ba- ba- Balaban? Balaban,
0: uh, The writer? Yeah. I'm talking about the guy who plays the writer? from. Oh, yeah.
1: The, uh, yeah, the Seinfeld guy, and then mm-hmm. Ed Bagley's in there. Ed Bagley Jr. is oh, yeah. there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and they're gender bending in this thing before it's even. I mean, this thing is fantastic. I have to say, I didn't realize. I knew it was great, but and Eugene Levy wrote it with Christopher Guest. Oh,
1: he, I mean, I, I I only want to things re- watch things that uh, Eugene Levy's written a part of now.
0: Yeah, so he wrote it with Christopher Guest, and he's in it as the agent. Oh, and so is John Krakowski. Mm-hmm. It's like one of his first roles.
1: Sandra O's in there. There's a bunch of people. Sandra
0: O. Oh, that's right. Sandra O. Oh, and uh, Richard uh, Kind. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I mean, this yep. is like a veteran movie.
1: Yep. It's great. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it in a while. I want to see it again. It's just been so long. Um, it's, it, it's fantastic. Did you watch the old guard yet? Yeah, I did. I saw the what old guard. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I think that. I think that it's a perfect. I thought it was a perfect Netflix movie. I think that I would have been upset if I had to pay the 20 bucks to be honest. But I, I think it's oh. a good streaming movie.
0: Well, I, you know, I thought the same thing about the $20. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought to myself, maybe it's because the bar got set so low with King of Staten Island yeah. that I, I thought as I was watching it, like, I, I wouldn't mind if I paid 20 bucks for this thing.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Like,
0: uh, but I'm not disagreeing with you, but I am.
1: <laughs> no i mean it's i mean it's the, the whole thing we could we'll t- you know we'll take it to goddamn letterbox
0: let's take it to letterbox it's actually <laughs> on a top film on letterbox uh right now old guard
2: I thought when was,
1: you, were I, up. you know, here's the thing i thought the acting was good i just i felt like it was a made for it didn't you know like we talked about the other day i felt like it was yeah. made for a streaming service type movie i don't but think it that.
0: wasn't was it i i well i'd like to I know think, that
1: yeah, I'll have to find that out. Right. Um, but, you know, just like some of the movies that, you know, they, 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 it would be a movie that I would if I'd found it, on, you know, if you go back, you know, date my age, like to Blockbuster or like the local <laughs> place, you know, back in the day, it would have been a movie that didn't quite make the cinema that I would have grabbed and been like, this movie's phenomenal, like a super, you know, like a super troopers kind of movie, you know, oh, yeah. great movie, probably not a theatrical hit, but like a great movie.
0: Yeah, like Broken Lizard, and uh, yeah. you know, uh, d- or, yep.
1: um, or Starship Troopers is well actually the one I wanted to say, but Super Troopers also fills that gap too.
0: Well, it's interesting you bring up Starship Starship Troopers. Have you been reading? I've uh, been seeing articles that have been bringing this movie back and saying how it's actually uh, got a lot to do with what's going on in today's world, etc. What's Letterbox? <laughs> <Or whatever. laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't show up early, so let's tell you it's an app where it's like a journal for all the content you watch, film based, and you can follow writers and you can write your own stuff, and everybody reads it and comments, and and it's it's fantastic. So that's what Letterboxd is. That's what Letterbox is.
1: Um, yeah. No. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about real quick, and um, you know, and then I want to get back to this question uh, Papan has about best time best time travel movies. Ah, uh, today, uh, today I found the greatest infomercial on tv today and i got to watch it it's called the 30 rock one time special it's a peacock branded through and through advertisement but it is so funny
0: i I have to download peacock to get to watch this no
1: you can watch it on hulu please continue you can watch it on hulu it's got no ads in it if you don't want it to, except it's all ads. Like it breaks a whole bunch of times to show different stuff. Like le- it's not like comedy stuff that's in the middle. It's like legit shows like from Telemundo and, and on Peacock. So there's like these, all these splits where there's like two minutes of show that you just fast forward through because it's not a commercial. It's a whole oh. commercial. But Tina, it's so good to see them back on there. The timing is great. They have actually some real live uh, pieces. Um, is the whole cast back? The whole cast is back. Um, a lot of it's, you know that that you know the the zoom stuff, but there is there are some like live outs- out 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 exterior shots and of Tina and of uh, Tracy Morgan. and there's actual cameras at you could tell that somebody actually brought a camera into Tina's house and into Alex's place and into Tracy's place to actually record them doing stuff. It's not all just like whatever you could do with an iPhone. It's really, really funny. Also, it is such a blatant peacock advertisement that you've never, ever seen something so blatant. <laughs> And only I think only people like, uh, 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 you know, that that those, those guys could really pull this off. Tina Fey is one of the few people I think that can make uh, pull that kind of shit.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, now I can't wait to watch this just because I mean, listen, and NBC, you know, really gave Tina Fey her wings. I mean, she was on yeah. SNL and then they gave her 30. Right. I mean, gave her. I mean, she earned it. knots. They have a lot of loyalty to each other, I imagine. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, they, they they produced, they they were the, they, they still were they the producer. each other rich. You know, Kimmy Schmidt was still a U- oh. NBC Universal uh, show.
0: There you go. Yeah, I mean, this is, they have an empire over there. So this is exciting. Uh, I uh, Scott say- Porch,
1: but I want to get real quick. Scott Porch says oh. Magnolia is five stars, disagree, and I will cuss you. It's four. It's oh, four. Oh,
0: you're so wrong. Magnolia is a perfect uh-huh. film. It's a four. flawless movie. Magnolia is perfect. No, it's not. It's I'm going to go four. watch it. It's, it's right, oh, i'm gonna go watch it okay you've never seen it. it
1: i'm gonna go watch it again just to, to yeah. make sure. Uh, anything about it there's frogs that fall from the sky there's that's that the old dude that's the old there's the old dude uh that runs the game show and then um and then there's police officer the child and, her, yeah yeah
0: molested and, his daughter yeah
1: yeah, and then, uh, and then Philip
0: Seymour Hoffman is playing the nurse, and Tom Cruise yeah. is playing the woman-hating misogynist, uh, like you know, pickup yeah. artist guy. Is, is, the, pr- uh, is there the child molester in this one, or is that Happiness? Now
1: you're confusing that with me with no, ha- Happiness
0: is Todd Solondz, and uh, it's that about a lot, a lot of pedos. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a disturbing. Yeah, one. Yeah, I want to get into that. Watch that, that again. really gross. That like I,
1: I took a girl to on a date to that because somebody said it was a great movie. You didn't have a
0: second date, did you? Uh, not really, not no, not, any. not. the movie to like. Hey, this is what yeah. I chose. But uh, it's like, look, I'm a film guy. No, you're just. I'll
1: weird. have to rewatch it. I think it was because it came in between two. What two of more of my favorite movies from him? Uh, that uh, that maybe it wasn't my favorite. Paul Thomas PTA. Uh, yeah, from
0: PTA. Which
1: ones? Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights? and uh, uh, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time is There Will Be Blood, but I know there was one in between there, and I also, you know, love loved, loved Heartache Eight.
0: Part eight was where you saw that this guy was a, you know, he was coming to play. Plus, was, that, was,
1: that, that was filmed in Reno, so we got a little bit of an extra soft spot for that one.
0: Oh, yeah, John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never bad. And listen, if you watch, first of all, let me just say, and I don't think there's anyone in the film industry at all who would argue that it's five stars, but if you, it, it is a perfect. Film like I broke. I, I've actually done the exercise of breaking that movie down into pieces, scene by mm-hmm. scene, and connecting the storylines in linear fashion. And that movie, in essence, could have been shot in one take. You know, like if it wasn't that night with oh, I'm maybe it, Julianne Moore. I, I mean, it's
1: what it, You know, but you know, also got to remember the last time I watched that, I was eighteen years old. Yeah, you got to watch it again. Okay, I'll give it another shot. I'll give it another shot, and if I have to write an apology, I
0: will. Um, Listen. No, I'm I I just going to say it's great. I'm <laughs> just going to say this is a great movie. I mean, it really is. I mean, uh, but listen, he's PTA. So, uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, I, I don't know that I want to be him. I'd like to be me and have his body of work. Yeah,
1: I, I, would, I would. I would. I'd I'd be. I'd like his body, too. I'm 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 I'm. both. I'll take both things. I'll,
0: we have well, the same uh, taste and a lot of stuff. <laughs> All right. So so last last real quick thing. What Best time
1: travel movies real quick. What do you got?
0: Uh, well, the first thing that comes to my mind is Time Bandits.
1: Oh, yeah. Such a good movie.
0: Immediately Time Bandits. Like, uh, And then I would say... <sighs> it's the one with Jack the Ripper.
1: Oh, what is that one? Um,
0: right? Where they go back into London and they... Uh,
1: oh, what is that one called?
0: Back to the Future is on there. Back to the, future, mean, back right. to the future. is and it,
1: Idiocracy. Is one of is my D I ever
0: see a time travel movie? I mean he goes into the future. Right. So because he slept so long, then I would I would include sleepers on there. Woody Allen sleeper.
1: Yeah, I think that would that'd be fair. And then um I would also go with um whew, if I oh that's that's an interesting one. Um, mm, what else would I consider a good time travel movie? Oh, I mean the Terminator, if you want to consider a time travel movie, the original Terminator. Term- the Original Terminator. Well, Terminator 2 is still, I, I think. I would say Terminator
0: first. 2. Yeah, for Terminator Sure. 2. If Terminator 2 to me is almost a almost if not a perfect film.
1: Yeah, it's so good. Yep. Absolutely.
0: You know, okay, let me ask you a question about it. because you, you're like a big nerd like me. Um, the end of Terminator 2, when Schwarzenegger's character gets his arm caught in uh cyber, it's not Cyberlink. What is it? Uh Skynetics?
1: Yeah, Skynet.
0: Yeah, Skynet's oh, uh, Cyberman, Yeah. either one. Yeah, so, right. In the arm, he gets caught, right? That's mm-hmm. the that's a piece left of him that can be remade. Right. I felt like, right. But they never use that in any, like, how does no writer come up with this? Because it feels like James Cameron was the last one he wrote. So he put it in there. How did nobody else? Do you know what I'm talking about here? Yeah. they they actually explain
1: that in the director's cut stuff. They actually go back and blow that whole place up. So they actually get rid of the whole body in, in James Cameron's version. That is the end for him, but they do use that back for number
0: three. Okay, I got you. Now, now, uh, uh, our our listener Mark said, "Donnie Darko." Again, time travel is that is or is it not supernatural? To, yeah. Well, the,
1: technically, it's a time travel movie. I think that you have to, you know, it's a tough one to get. Uh, but there is time travel in Donnie Darko for sure. That's the whole thing. That whole blo- that whole blobby thing is actually kind of a time loop. He's trying to stop. It's a you know, it, it's there's not. There's ex- no
0: way to avoid the the plane dropping on his house, right? The end.
1: Uh, he that's Kim killing himself is what stops the time
0: loop. Okay, that's why the engine doesn't drop. But if he yeah. didn't kill himself, it would never stop.
1: And Dylan, Dylan actually came up with something too. If that we should have just, brought, I should have just said right off the bat, "Army of Darkness" is the, one of the best worst movies ever, and also a time travel movie, and it's so good.
0: You know, you know. Okay, I mean, I'm not going to go with putting "Army of Darkness" on my list for time travel, but yeah. I, well, how do you feel okay. about Star Trek Four? You know, I have to say, I don't remember it that well.
1: Yeah, no, I don't really either. I I that's not
0: Rath right?
1: No, that's the one where they go back to LA to save the Orcas.
0: Yeah, I feel like I checked out on that one.
1: No, I, I think like that was the one where I was like, I Nope, nope, nope. Another stupid Jason thing. You want to know why I remember that movie? Oh, it was my. the first time it had multi-flavored nerds. So that like the nerd's candies, they were like hot tub time machine. Hot tub time machine was good. Sorry. Sorry. Go um ahead. also uh, you know, it, but that's how I remember that one. You know, in, in one movie I think we sh- we needed you know, because we've talked about what how what a great movie this is and how to inspire so I many Planet of the Apes.
0: Yes. For sure. Planet of the Apes is like the it's a sort of ultimate time travel movie in a lot of ways. And so are the sequels. Especially yeah. I think the third or the fourth one where they come to there's always one in these sequels where it's back to LA. Like yeah. Star Trek, it was four. Planet of the Apes, I think it was three or four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean
1: it it makes sense because like eventually it's like we want to keep making money, diminishing returns. We don't have to build sets, we'll just create a time travel episode.
0: yeah and let's we're gonna keep it right here in the city like that was back in the day when like you could still shoot in the city now it's you can't even shoot here anymore
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah we said back to the future so we have that as locked in um i I started getting on before we sign off we have about a minute and a half right so before we finish i started in on this i I really would love you to start this show search party
1: okay i'm gonna start it. know anything about it I know that somebody like I know that it starts and it it evolves, but basically somebody goes missing, or she see a girl sees a sign for somebody that's missing on a pole and decides that she's going to find her.
0: She becomes obsessed with a girl that she went to college with. So it's maybe from Arrested Development, right? And uh, I've never seen any of the other people except uh, you know uh, Ron Livingston, you know Office Space. So you know there's there's always that, (laughs) but this show. It's very subversive, and I just read about it. I guess it was on TBS or something, yep. and then it went yeah. to HBO Max, and now HBO Max owns it. And not only do they make season three, which was years after, now they've shot season four, and it's oh be- wow, yeah, That's awesome. I well, know, and so go ahead, watch it. That's all I'm saying. All right, then, it's then it. we can talk a little about it because uh, there's things I want to talk about. That's all, all. Right. and we're gonna find a new show uh, to to all watch as a family. Awesome. All right. That's it, right? We'll see you next time. Is that it? Are we done? Yeah, it's, we're all done. All right, everybody. Thank you for being here. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay strong. Jason Smith.
1: of Dorfman, everybody. I love you. I'll see you next week.
2: A podcast
0: network.